Borough served up another Riverside horror show as our playoff hopes now seem to be on life support. He's in. And he's snuck it across to Hayden What is up guys, Matthew here, welcome back to another episode of Project Borough and today, well I'm discussing another defeat, another poor result at home for Middlesbrough and possibly a huge blow, not quite the killer blow but a huge blow which might put Borough's hopes of making the playoffs very much on life support as they went down 2-1 at home to Bristol City and do not let the narrow scoreline mask over what was a absolutely dreadful, disgraceful performance, especially in the first half. Borough improved in the second half, we'll break it down of course, but improving on that first half performance is no achievement, it, it could not have gotten any worse. Borough now have won only one in their last seven home league games. Only scored 17 home league goals in their 16 home league games. And simply put, in my opinion, are stalling, stuttering, spluttering to a mid-table mediocrity finish this season and the first half I've got to be honest was probably the worst half of football under Michael Carrick in the championship at least you know take the the first half against Chelsea which of course is is an anomaly really this was absolutely shocking from Borough given the fact we were at home to a team who were you know competing with for the very thing the very same thing the playoffs we were absolutely abysmal in that first half, we were slow, we were sluggish, there was no tempo, I think I've saw more movement in a museum full of statues, so many individuals were absolutely terrible in that first half, Bristol City simply had to keep their shape because there was no movement off the ball from Borough, it was pedestrian, it was really really bad, there was no movement off the ball, simple passes were going astray, We looked like a team who'd never, ever played each other before. The first half performance was quite simply unforgivable. And given the fact we were playing a side who played 120 minutes midweek in the Cup, travelled all the way up to the Riverside, they looked so much fresher than us. You know, they looked like a cohesive unit, playing some very slick, very good football. They were very organised, off the ball, Pressed us extremely well. Borough looked like they'd just come back off a off of a stag do. They were hanging out of it out of their ass. The quality was absolutely shocking, and we simply got exactly what we deserved. And it got ugly, and it got ugly quick in the first half. Because as we've seen Borough do in numerous occasions over the last season or two, it was a brief, quick two-minute spell of Borough completely capitulating that led to the game going away from them and you know there was no real early chance for Borough there was one chance where Ailing put a good ball into Hayden Hackney 
he for some reason decided to take an extra touch in the box and couldn't get his shot off. But other than that, we'd not tested their goalkeeper whatsoever. And in fairness, Bristol City could have been 1-0 up by then anyway because Harry Cornick was played in early on and was uh, forced Tom Glover into a decent one-on-one save. But that was just the start of Borough's defence and midfield crumbling, looking like a rabbit in the headlights. And again, it was down to poor defending and some absolutely shocking individual errors that led to both Bristol City's goals. The first came from Knight on 16 minutes. Way too easy from a Borough point of view. I think it was Rob Dickey who stepped in to Borough's midfield, bypassed the entire midfield with a couple of touches, played a through ball that split Borough's defence in half and Knight was in the box and was able to finish well to put Bristol City 1-0 up and straight from kickoff. Literally straight from kickoff, the ball goes down Borough's left-hand channel after Dan Barlasa gives it away straight away. He plays it to Hayden Hackney, who puts a really, really poor, lackadaisical, blasé ball into midfield where Lewis O'Brien's miles behind O'Brien. He's never going to get there. Bristol City pants and Matty James makes it 2-0 within the space of a couple of minutes. Straight off the kickoff again. Borough lost the ball, a simple ball across. This was before Bristol City had even advanced into Borough's half after kickoff. The ball was played to Dan Barlasser. He simply let the ball drift under his foot and they were in again. And if it wasn't for Tom Glover, it could have been 4-0 by this point. Borough were an absolute car crash in the first half. In possession, slow, clueless. Looked like we had no idea what we were doing. Out of possession, we looked like a complete mess. Rabbit in the headlights. Didn't know what we were doing. And quite honestly, it was a disgraceful first half performance. And it was clear to me, and we'll get on to the team a bit later. As soon as the starting eleven dropped, I tweeted that I didn't like the look of it. I didn't like the look of the midfield. And I mentioned this a couple of times. Michael Carrick has got a breadth of attacking quality and creative tools at his disposal. And for me, he simply is not utilising them all in the right areas. And I saw the starting lineup, and I thought exactly that. Too many players getting shoehorned into the wrong positions. Almost like there's just too many players that he just doesn't want to drop. And that was clear in the first half. You know, he had Azaz on the left-hand side, who... Yeah, it's all good having a fluid attacking three, but Azaz is not effective on the left-hand side at all. He had Hayden Hackney playing further forward, who was absolutely dreadful in this first half. Marcus Force still on the right-hand side, even though Borough are crying out for a centre-forward. I'll get onto that a little bit later. It was like a completely disjointed team, like you'd flipped the positions around. It was... Clear to see for me before the game even kicked off and it was only proven in the first 20 minutes. And would you believe it, after Borough's awful start, Carrick started moving players back into position and suddenly Borough looked a lot more balanced. But the bottom line is the first half and that brief, very quick two-minute period killed the game off for Borough and it was always going to be an uphill struggle for a side who've not scored more than once at home since we beat Preston 4-0 in what I believe was the end of November. 
So it was always going to be a tough task for a team extremely blunt and toothless like Borough are up front who refused to play their natural goal scorer in the natural goal scoring centre forward position. As it happens, half time came around and you felt like Borough had to make changes. I mean, for me, Carrick could have made three or four changes in that first half. Dan Barlasa had his worst half in a Borough shirt. He was absolutely all over the place. Hayden Hackney wasn't much better. You know, we, we made an argument in that terrible game earlier in the season at Sheffield Wednesday, that Lucas Engel had had the worst half of football seen in a Borough shirt. Let me tell you, Dan Barlasa completely surpassed that in this first half. And you'd think, you'd hope that Borough would make at least two, three changes. I mean, I could have took half the team off at half-time, if I'm absolutely honest. And to our shock, no changes were made at all in the second half, which made absolutely no sense to me. Now, don't get me wrong. Having players who were playing in their best positions, would you believe it, actually started to work. And Borough looked a little bit better in the second half. Carrick described it as we were more like ourselves. And yes, we were more like ourselves in the second half in terms of dominating possession, playing the ball nice and tidy in and around Bristol City's final third. But did I ever really think Borough... We're going to score. No, I did not. Because we simply do not have the centre forward and that very potent, brutal, cold killer in the box, between the width of the box, who can get in the right position, in the right place, and put the chances away. In fact, we do have a player who can pretty much do a lot of them things, but he was sadly playing on the right-hand side for some reason, and we had Sam Greenwood in the middle as well, who, as much as he's proven slightly more effective up front in terms of his running in behind, all he does is run offside, and he did put the ball in the back of the net in the second half, and to be fair, there was an argument, a pretty strong argument, that the offside goal should have been given, and Borough should have been 2-1 up a lot earlier in the second half, and the linesman had an absolute stinker. But that does not change, and that does not mask or make me take this result, or give Borough any more leeway in their performance, because for the most of the second half, constantly putting balls in the box, across the box, cutting back, never had anyone in the right area. In fact, there was one cross, ironically, by Marcus Force into Lewis O'Brien, who had been moved onto the left-hand side by that point, again, a player who should not be playing there, and he took too many touches, tried to walk it in, not natural in that position. And you think to yourself, if the cross was coming into Marcus Force and he was in that position, he'd have set himself and put it away first time without question. So I didn't think without that real, you know, that, that real cold-blooded clinical striker up front, but were ever going to get back into the game. And we got to go back at the very death, and, and obviously it was a shot by Zaz that come off Silvera's backside and went, and that was the only way Borough were going to get on the score sheet in this game. But despite us being more dominant and having more possession, Bristol City were happy to defend. They'd done their bit. They were just holding their ship, probably in confidence that Borough were not going to get the goals needed to get back into this game. They were never under significant pressure. Borough would keep the ball and play it around and get the odd set piece here, but we'd fluff it, we'd try something clever, we'd absolutely screw it up. And as I feel like I've said so often this season, Borough could have still been there for absolutely ages and not scored. It happened to go off Sammy Silvera's backside via a huge chunk of fortune 
that we even got the ball in the back of the net. So, listen, the second half was an improvement, yes, but that is no achievement after that first half, which was an absolute disgrace. And I need to now talk about the Borough team because I I have real problems with this. I I have problems with the lineup. I have problems with the substitutes, the timing of them. And someone made a point that if other managers, past managers, would have maybe made these errors, they would have been scrutinised a lot more than what Michael Carrick gets scrutinised. And I'm going to scrutinise him here because this, for me, was on him. You know, I remember when we were going through a really tough run of form and we had barely any players fit, 14 injuries or whatever it was, and we had barely any options. And we were still doing exceptionally well. And I remember saying, once Borough get options back, we will only kick on. Inevitably, we will only go forward. Unbelievably, we've managed to go backwards. And that's because Michael Carrick, whatever he's trying to do... His decisions that he's making, the way he's trying to shoehorn players into a system, it's not working. The back five, absolutely fine. Glover, again, did really well. Stopped it from being 4-0 before half-time, kept the score respectable. And although the back four didn't have their best game, in fact, defensively, they were absolutely all over the place. They'd still be the defensive four I'd probably go with, although... I will say the centre-backs often were just passing the ball between each other and Dale Fry especially just ground the game to an absolute halt at times, you know, with how slow he was in possession. But the midfield was all wrong. Absolutely all wrong. He seems like he wants to shoehorn Dan Barlasser, Hayden Hackney, Lewis O'Brien, Johnny Housen into some sort of system. And for me... We've got enough attacking players to play in the three behind a striker. We do not have to shoehorn Hayden Hackney into a more advanced position when he clearly is not playing very well there. You've got Dan Barlasser and Lewis O'Brien starting in the in the central midfield two in this game. Johnny Housen was rested. And the ironic thing was, Dan Barlasser dropped probably his worst game in a Borough shirt. He was terrible. Hayden Hackney wasn't much worse. But it has to be pointed out, Hayden Hackney has been bad for weeks now. Since he come back from injury, he's been a shadow of the player he was before. Now, I don't know if it's getting back up to speed. I don't know if his head's been turned. A lot of talk around him. Listen, we're all pretty sure that he's going to be going in the summer. But if he keeps playing the way he is, Borough might not even get half the price we were expecting to get for him. In fact, he might put teams off entirely if he keeps this form up, because the pair of them were absolutely terrible. And out of the three who Michael Carrick chose to take off, he took off Lewis O'Brien, who was the only one of the centre midfielders who I thought actually had a decent game. Which is crazy, but Barlasser and Hackney, both of them were terrible. They, I think, need time out of the team. Now, Barlasser maybe not as much, because I think he's been the shining light in recent games like Sunderland for example but Hayden Hackney needs time out of this team and I don't quite understand why Carrick is trying to shoehorn firstly Hayden Hackney in an attacking role and Lewis O'Brien then in an attacking role when he's got Riley McGree on the bench and I didn't understand why Riley McGree one of our best players who we have waited for over a month to get back from the Asia Cup. He was one of our top goal scorers earlier in the season. Imperative in, in Borough's fantastic run that we did have. 
undoubtedly one of our best technical players, one of our cleverest players. Why on earth was he not starting? And why did Carrick choose to shoehorn Hayden Hackney into a left-sided attacking role when you've got Riley McGree on the bench? It doesn't make any sense. And even when he brings Hackney in central, he dropped Azaz on the left-hand side. And Azaz, for me, is so much more effective centrally in behind the striker. And when he moved their second half... He played some really, really good balls through the middle. He played one through to Sam Greenwood, to which he should have done better with. But when Azaz, so let's be fair, he's still coming up to speed, but he has shown signs that when he's got time in that number 10, he can pick out a fantastic through ball. So why Michael Carrick is playing him in off the left over Riley McGree, I have no idea. Adding to that, the Marcus Force argument. Now, a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but I am extremely strong on Marcus Force being played up front. And this is why. Everyone's argument against that is that Marcus Force should stay on the right-hand side because he's been effective on the right-hand side. Yes, he was very effective on the right-hand side last season. But we can afford to put Marcus Force on the right-hand side when we have Chubarakpom and Cameron Archer in the centre banging in 30, 40 goals between them, you can afford to have a natural goal scorer like Marcus Force on the right because that's a nice to have. It's another addition in the attacking area on top of what we've already got. But in Borough's current predicament, with Laugh out, Josh Coburn, who seemingly can't play more than one game at a time and quite frankly isn't good enough to play at this level for Borough, when you've got your only natural goal scorer who we have seen since he's come back, he has finished some incredible chances. You think he scored against Millwall. He scored a fantastic goal against Sunderland last week. Why are you choosing to play him on the right with Sam Greenwood as the option up front? I do not see what Carrick is thinking with this. You clearly need goals. Borough have scored 17 league goals in 16 home games. The big reason as to why we are not getting points on the board and we are not killing games off is because we're not scoring enough. You've got Marcus Force there. You're talking about an issue and the, and the striker issue that Borough have had. You have one and you're playing him on the right. We cannot afford to keep doing that in this current position. Put him up front. And at least when Borough are getting into these attacking areas in the final third and we're putting the final ball in, whether it's a cutback, whether it's a cross, you have someone in there who is prolific, who has the instinct to get in the right areas at the right time, position himself correctly so if the ball falls to him like it did against Sunderland, he has the wherewithal to take the right touch and finish right and finish properly. And the fact he's being played on the right in this side is wasted. Absolutely wasted. And... When Isaiah Jones comes back, he's got to play there because we are lacking pace so badly in this team and down the right-hand side. And as much as Force might get to the back post every so often, he might cut inside and finish well from the right every so often, he offers us nothing in terms of width. And you've got Sam Greenwood, who at least is more of a winger than Marcus Force is. So it just makes absolute sense to swap them round. It really, really does. And I just do not understand this persistence of keeping your only natural goal scorer currently fit on the right-hand side when we are absolutely desperate, desperate to score goals and get goals up front. When Green, Greenwood's not going to do it. 
Greenwood's not going to score us the goals up front. He might be a nuisance. He might get in behind. He might stretch defences. He might be offside 95% of the time. But he is not going to score the goals that Marcus Force would score up front. And the experiment of keeping him on the right absolutely baffles me. And it's doing my head in, if I'm honest. It's doing my head in. It's clear as day what Borough needs to do and how they need to change this. And Carrick's just not doing it. You know, I, I just don't understand why. Talking of the substitutes, first of all, I don't know why it took so long. It took 68 minutes before we made a change. And as I say, by that point, Bristol City had already made three substitutes themselves. They were th- they were two up and they made three subs before Borough even moved from the bench. And them subs, yeah, he brought Riley McGree on. Brilliant. He should be starting. But he took off Lewis O'Brien, which out of the midfield three, I didn't get. Dunbar Lassa was on a booking. Arguably, he made a challenge in the second half, which he should have been sent off for. So again, that's another reason to take him off over Lewis O'Brien. But anyway, he didn't. He also, in another change I just don't understand, took Lucas Engel off for Luke Thomas. And although Lucas Engel didn't have the best game defensively, we all know in our system, if we are struggling, one of our only real attacking outlets, one of our only bit of pace and width in the team right now, is Lucas Engel bombing on down the left-hand side. Luke Thomas has showed nothing thus far, and looking at his stats, hasn't got anything that suggests he will be as clinical and as creative and as attacking down that left-hand side as what Lucas Engel does. Now, that's not me ruling out Luke Thomas. That's me saying, when you're 2-0 down, you don't take off Lucas Engel. If you're 2-0 up, that substitute makes absolute sense. When you're 2-0 down... You're basically taking out one huge asset from your armoury and making this very blunt, toothless Borough side even more blunt and toothless than we already were. So to sum it up, I don't get Carrick's thinking. All I say is, for God's sake, stop trying to play this fluid, players can play in different positions, interchanging system. Put the right players in the right position, where they are at their most effective. Yes, Hackney might be effective, more further forward. Yes, Azaz might still be effective on the left. Uh, Greenwood might still be effective from central and Force might still be effective from the right. But Borough are in a position where we desperately need results and I urge you, Michael Carrick, to play the best players in their best position. Have a midfield too. And I'd say I'd say take Hackney out the side. I honestly do. You either play Barlasser and O'Brien or Barlasser and Housen. Housen and O'Brien are too similar. You need one creative pivot and you need the other side who can pick up the second balls and do all the dirty work off the ball. That's O'Brien or Housen for me. And then the playmaker on the other side is either Barlasser or Hackney. And for me right now, you still go with Dan Barlasser because Hackney has not been the same in weeks. Why he's choosing to play Hackney further forward when you've got Riley McGree on the bench doesn't make sense. Put us as central in behind the striker and keep him there. Put McGree on the left-hand side. And on the right, put Sammy Silvera there. Give us a bit more width on the right-hand side. Someone who can beat a man. Someone who can at least put a cross in. And put Marcus Force where he is most dangerous in the middle. Yes, that means Sam Greenwood's out the team. But let's be honest, that's not going to make much of a difference right now. So I think it's plain obvious what players should be suited in what position. And it's all right me saying that. I know I don't see the players every day of the week and I respect he's the manager. But for me, 
I just am frustrated that Michael Carrick seems to have all the tools at his disposal. 99% of the tools, I would say, and he's not utilising them correctly. We've got all the creative talent, and I think we're still creating chances, but we've not, we're not taking them, first and foremost, because we don't have the, the most clinical player up front, but we're not putting the players, like Marcus Force, into the correct position to finish these chances. Anyway, stats and momentum, not much to say. Um, first half, not much between the two sides. As I say, Borough edged it, but Bristol City punished us in that period, to which Borough were an absolute shambles. Second half, yeah, we had all the possession. You'd probably expect that, given we were the team chasing the game. But again, did we ever look like scoring? Did we ever look like getting back in the game? Not in a month of Sundays. We had all the possession. We had as many shots, pretty much, on target at least. Yet, we had a lower XG than Bristol City, which probably says how poor we were in possession and looking at the league table this is where we really need to have a look at the gap now because Borough as I've said are screaming mid-table mediocrity we've scored 44 we've conceded 44 we've not won back-to-back games since November I believe our home form is dreadful and we're now six points off the playoffs albeit we've got a game in hand on Sunderland we're still four points behind Hull and we're a massive eight points behind West Brom so this argument that Borough are fighting or they're in a group fighting for two playoff places I don't think that's the case I think we're fighting for one and do I honestly see Borough overturning Watford Coventry Preston Norwich Hull Sunderland for that final playoff position do I see us putting a run together scoring enough goals being consistent enough and picking our home form up to see us do that not in a month of Sundays do I see Borough doing that and the frustrating thing is it's not like before when we are handcuffed with injuries. We've been saying Carrick just needs the right players at his disposal. He's got these players at his disposal. And for me, he's not using them right. And his substitutions continue to throw up questions more often than not. As for what's to come, this is what we've got over the next week. Now, things will be changing a little bit on the channel. Or not changing, but this is what we've got coming up anyhow. So midweek... On Wednesday, we're away at Preston. I'm at that game. I've decided to go to that game. What a time. It's my birthday as well on the 14th. So, Borough are probably going to ruin my birthday like they ruined my day today. And Preston are on a pretty good run. So, I'm not going to beat around the bush and say I'm confident given my horrendous away record watching the Borough on their travels in the league. But I'm going to be there Wednesday night like I did against the Rother- against Rotherham on Boxing Day. I'll be coming back presenting you with another episode of Project Borough as well as another match day vlog documenting my trip to Deepdale which should be fun however the day after I am away on holiday for a week so I'm out the country until the start of the following week so I'll be bringing you the content for Preston but I will not be around for the weekend fixture away to Leicester which might be a blessing in disguise at the moment let's be honest so I won't be around to give you guys a Project Borough on the Leicester Borough game maybe I can squeeze something once I get back in the middle of next week. But chances are I might wrap it up and sum it up when I do the Project Borough following our home game against Plymouth the following weekend. Unless we pull off something spectacular at the King Power. Which wouldn't surprise me given Borough. But let's be honest, in our current predicament, we need at least four points from the next two, I think, to stay within touching distance. And I just don't see where the points are coming from. At least at home. We might have joy away from home. Who knows? But at this moment in time, I said this 
in my last video, I've said this in my transfer window review, Borough, in not getting a striker, have left themselves short. And you know what? I'm not going to blame January. A lot of fans have obviously kicked off at Kieran Scott and, and our reluctance to buy a striker or find the right striker in January. But the bottom line for me is we shouldn't have had to be scrambling around for a striker in January. Anyone could tell you that going into a championship campaign with only Emmanuel Latilath, who'd never played in this league before, and Josh Coburn, who wasn't even meant to be here, that was never going to be enough to replace the goals that we lost from Chubarakpom, Cameron Archer, etc. So I don't think the damage was done in January. I think Borough put themselves in a position where we were scrambling desperately around in January. The damage was done in the summer, and Borough have been made to pay for that, and not getting a striker in the summer, when it's an easier market, you've got more time, and we're being made to pay for that now. Don't get me wrong, it's been good that Borough have been able to spread the goals around the Borough team. As we've seen, we've been able to spread the goals around Latilath, Jones, Corburn, whatever. But our two best, highest goal contributors in Matt Crooks and Morgan Rogers have left. So an already uphill task is only going to get harder, which makes me think, and I'll back up what I said on the Borough Breakdown, I'll say it again here, this team will not make the playoffs. There's nothing we're seeing to suggest we're going to turn this around and make the playoffs, and I think we're just going to limp to a mid-table finish, which is the worst feeling in the world. You know, even when you're at the bottom, you've got a reason to be even more invested because you've got something to play for, even if it is to stay up. But when you've got the playoffs in sight and it's something to aim towards, it keeps you really invested. But already, I'm looking at this and I'm feeling really apathetic towards Borough's season. I'm not writing off the playoffs completely because until it's mathematically impossible, you can't do that in the championship. But being honest and logical, I'm already looking ahead to the summer. I'm already looking at what I hope Borough will do. And we've, we've heard this story before. We'll go again next season. We'll hope we do this and this and this in the summer. We did this last season when we knew we'd be losing all the lawn players and it never happened. So it's wishful thinking and it's all you've got as a fan. But feeling apathetic like your season is petering out with nothing to play for already is a really, really crap feeling. And I hope we can at least stay in the race to make it interesting and keep us at least hoping. But as things stand, we are drifting away from the playoffs. And as I said at the start, our hopes of the playoffs are slipping through our fingers and currently are not far from being on life support. But that's it, guys. Not a good episode. Um, a ranty one, a ravey one, but I come away really frustrated from that one today. I think it's a mixture of a lot of things, but I will say Carrick completely got it wrong today and I just hope he learns from it and starts playing our best players in their best position. But yeah, we'll see what happens over the next week. I'll be back midweek with my match day vlog of the Preston game, as well as another episode of Project Borough before I go on holiday. But until then, if you've enjoyed this video, do hit the like button and subscribe here on YouTube and comment below your thoughts. Whether you're a Borough fan, Preston fan, Norwich fan, Hull fan, Bristol City fan, doesn't matter. And if you've listened to me over on your podcast providers, do leave me a rating, a comment or a follow, or whatever it is you can do over on your podcast provider. But until next time, guys, a big thank you for watching. Do take care. Oh, I'll see you all.
next time.